Hello, everybody. Uh, I never grow tired of that theme music. You, you a fan of that, Rory? I love it. I think it's probably the best part of the pod, to be honest, Fred. Well, given that it was put in just as a uh, as a little tester and it stood the stood <laughs> stood time, uh, I, I feel we're stuck with it now. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree. I agree. Let's keep it there for the time being. Brilliant. Well, let's let's move on with this. Uh, thank you for joining, everybody. My name is. Fred Mayen, and we're joined by Rory Campbell-Amerton. Hello, Rory. Hello, everybody. And we are fund managers at Church House Investments. So the big excitement this week was, of course, the delivery IPO, Rory. Ah, I thought we were going to talk about um, Kim Kardashian becoming a billionaire, but maybe we'll save that for a, for a later pod. <laughs> we'll we'll save that for the for the Kardashian episode. I'm I'm sure we could get a few on as guests. <laughs> Um, yeah, Fred, Deliveroo, it was the um, the biggest tech IPO that, that we've seen in London, um, but it generated a lot of news. Yeah, uh, so just, just to fill in a few details, so Deliveroo, second, or second biggest IPO ever in London, second, of course, behind uh, the infamous, infamous Glencore IPO back in summer 2011. Uh, they they raised ten billion dollars back then, which which put uh, Glencore at a market cap just shy of sixty million, or sixty billion. billion sorry, sixty billion. Uh, and to to, to uh, continue with our quiz theme, Rory, um, what would you say you would have re- made it as a return if you'd invested in Glencore ten years ago at IPO? Um. Um. I I kind of want to say you probably wouldn't have made any money, but with with the dividends, I'm going to say I'm going to say it's flat, flat to no money. No, no, you would have lost forty four percent of your money. Ouch. So um yeah maybe maybe um maybe big biggest IPOs come with a bit of a warning there. Mm, yeah exactly definitely. Um yeah and so. Delivery was was slightly more modest in comparison at 7.6 billion uh, as its opening valuation, but uh, it's significantly below that now. We'll we'll come on to that in a second. But just just to to, to give a little bit of context, uh, so delivery uh, let let's call it 8 billion. DoorDash, which is the US equivalent, any idea how how big that might be, Rory? Um, this is this is market cap terms. Uh, 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 should we say uh, ten billion dollars? DoorDash is forty billion. Oh, okay, yeah, way out there. Uh, and Meiyutan, which is the Chinese equivalent, uh, added a cool two hundred and fifteen billion dollars. So uh, okay. that really puts us Brits in our place. So delivery really is small fry in compared to those two. So talk us through what happened with the IPO uh, and why it's been getting a couple of negative headlines. Well, Fred, um, you know, it really was the most talked about UK IPA that, that we've probably experienced in the 10 years or so that we've, we've been in the city. Yeah, it was absolutely. all over all over newspapers, you know, on the 10 o'clock news. It was kind of everywhere. You know, for a couple of weeks, you picked up any piece of news and, and the delivery IPA was on there. Um, you know, what happened? Um, you know, fundamentally, the, the valuation, you know, was, was all over the place. It kind of came in a bit wrong. You know, they had a valuation range of 460p to 390p um, per share. 
Um, and he ended up scaling it all the way down to 390p per share, which is never, you know, never a good sign when the indicative price, you know, comes down at the bottom of the range. Um, so that valued the business at about 7.6 billion rather than the 8.8 billion pounds that they wanted. Um, and the share price um, then started trading at £3.10 before falling all the way down to about £2.75. So uh, that was at least... 30% off the um, the share price over the course of a few minutes in the in the uh, in the market, wiping up wiping almost two billion pounds off the um, market cap of Deliveroo. So the the market cap of Deliveroo now is about five and a half um, billion pounds. So it you know it was you know in terms of statistics statistically one of the worst um, London Stock Exchange debuts um, ever. Yeah, interesting. So so they initially came came to the market saying. At, at the very best, we reckon the business is worth almost nine billion. The market yeah. then gave some feedback to Deliveroo and to Goldman Sachs and the other bankers, saying, "Well, actually, we reckon you're bottom of the range, which is seven point six billion." Yeah. They then IPO'd and shares have sold off by a third, saying that actually we think the, the company's yeah the market yeah. sort of uh, a much truer um, uh, voting machine, let's say. Um, gave it gave it a value of five billion so some someone along there was being a little over overly ambitious yeah at, they certainly the and, and what was really interesting is that if you look at back at previous funding rounds of Deliveroo they did a valuation they did a funding round in in May 2019 so before coronavirus where they valued the business at 3.6 billion pounds and then they did one in June 2021 uh, June, uh, sorry January 2021 so um, only about three or two or three months ago, where they valued the business at five billion pounds. So in between um, January 2021 and um, end of March 2021, um, their advisors advised them that the, the business could be valued at, at about 8.8 billion pounds. Um, so uh, there was a bit of a mismatch there, and the market gave it a more true reflection of valuation where um, it is now at five and a half billion. Interesting. So. Uh... If you if you were selling selling a house and your estate agent came to you and told you that your your house was 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 worth another uh, another fifty percent from from what it was three months ago, would you uh, would you take their advice? No, or do you or do you go with a fairer price and get the sale? Yeah, yeah, no, it, 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 it is ahead of your heart. Exactly. Um, but you know, valuation wasn't the only worries. Um, you know, with with, with delivery, Fred, and there's certainly a lot of ESG worries, which are very well publicised. A lot of fund groups. Um, declared they weren't going to be investing in the business um, over ESG concerns, you know, in particular workers' rights for the delivery riders. Um, it was something that you and I kind of very carefully considered. Um, you know, that you know the, the, gig, the gig economy is very important to people on, on lower wage, um, and it's very important that people be can be able to, um, you know, just you know turn on an app, earn some money, and then turn it off again without being um, without having um, you know the rights which tie people into into jobs. But I think you and I probably would have worked proactively with a business to try and make sure that these um, you know, riders that want to work full time um, for delivery are able to have the, 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 the rights that we, that we, that we all know and, and kind of take a bit for granted, such as pensions, statutory holiday, sick pay um, and so on. Yeah. Is it, or, I mean, we, we were discussing that it, it's slightly like double standard from from some businesses to completely uh or completely write off investing in in, in delivery because they're they're a gig economy business uh, and 
I can't help but think that some of those those people might be happy to order a delivery themselves. Um, yeah, but won't well, invest yeah. in them. Yeah, no, there could easily be an element of double standards in there. Um, and then talking about doubles, um, you know, it was the final piece of the puzzle which kind of put a lot of people off was the, was the dual structure of the, of the business. This kind of controversial new to the UK, you know, dual structure um, put a lot of investors and, and would be investors off. Um, it's something that was very prevalent in the in the US. You see it with um, Google and um, Facebook, where uh, where founders can hold more voting rights than they do actual actual kind of percentage shares of the business. So, you know, in the context of Deliveroo, um, Will Shu, the CEO, controls 58% of Deliveroo's voting rights, but only actually owns um, just over 6% of the business. Yeah, so the, the, the actual me- mechanics of how that works for, for listeners is that you, you have two types of shares, hence the, hence the dual shareholding. One type of share which has, let's say, one vote, which would be the A shares, and then you have the B shares, which would have 100 votes. So yeah. so, so your voting power, um, uh, you, you know, your, your actual power to uh, drive, the, drive decisions within the business is much greater than your shareholding in the business. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, in the context of the UK, shares with these dual structures aren't eligible for inclusion in the FTSE 100. And that's something that the government and, and Lord Hill, who wrote a white, white paper, are looking to change. They want to make the um, City of London and, and the London stock market uh, more open and accessible to founders so that they can kind of list their businesses um, in the UK like yeah. they can in America. Interesting. Well, uh, we've I, I feel we've been very negative on on Deliveroo. Let, let, let's not forget that it is a business uh, that was started less than a decade ago uh, and, and it is now worth five billion. You know, um, re- regardless of the IPO, they've they, they've done a fantastic job. So, so what what do you think are the, are the real strengths of the business and what's the um, what what are the growth hopes that, that they're really going for? So. From the work that, that we did over the last couple of weeks that, you know, is Deliveroo a good business? Fundamentally, yes, it is a very good business. And it's a, and it's a real you know success story for UK tech and the, and, 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 that, and the sector as a whole. But it is in a very competitive industry with low barriers to entry. So what kind of differentiates Deliveroo from their peer group, Uber Eats and, um, and Just Eat, for example, is, um, is their technology. Um, they um they they they've they've got they've got great technology platform they've got a delivery plus subscription service they have the ability to um build uh, dark kitchens which they call additions so if you live in suburbia in, in somewhere like Battersea or Clapham um you they they would build a wagamama's dark kitchen um which services that area there without encumbering the kind of the actual restaurant which um which means it increases margins um for delivery um, the way that delivery makes money is, is as a customer, if you or I made an order, um, you pay a delivery fee and you pay a service fee to delivery. Um, and then the restaurants, um, they pay delivery a commission, which is kind of in the region of, of 24 percent. But, you know, it depends on the agreements they have with with each with each chain and each brand. Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, you are absolutely delighted that we can now get or that you can now order yourself your Waitrose and your your, your Gales all in one on Deliveroo. Yeah, they, exactly. Don't even need to leave the front door. Don't even need to leave the front door. And that's what Deliveroo is very good at is they've got they've got you know, a strong roster of brands and 
um, uh, Will Shu kept on going on about Deshume in his meeting. He's obviously a big fan of Deshume. Deshume so many times. He likes to curry, but also Pizza Express, um, Wagamama's, um, your favourite Fred Nandes. Uh, we know you love the <laughs> cheeky Nandes. Um, you know, they basically got everyone except for um, McDonald's, who are on um, Uber Eats. Yeah, interesting. The, the, that, that, that's what he kept repeating, that they're trying to become a food platform rather than just uh, your, your meal delivery. And, and he also hinted at the idea that in future, when, when let's say we're allowed back into restaurants, you could even pay your bill via delivery. Yeah, exactly. You know, post IPO, delivery now have a cash war chest of, of, of just over a billion pounds. So they've now got the ability to kind of scale up and expand. And I think that's where we'll see the future growth of the business is using their kind of delivery brand and platform to expand into um, cities internationally and, and also kind of domestically in the UK. You know, delivery are kings of central London. They have a 70 percent market share of central London. Um, and as you kind of get further out of London, in the suburbs, they've got a market share of 48, 42%. And then, you know, in the cities outside of London, they have a market share of, of, of just over 28%. So it's in a very competitive space. Um, and, you know, nationally, Just Eat, you know, has a bigger share than Deliveroo, who are very much on the kind of same, um, you know, playing field as, as Uber Eats um, outside of London. So Deliveroo very much is a, a London play. And, you know, the growth opportunities come in Deliveroo, um, creating the same environment in cities internationally and, and, and domestically. So to bring it all together, Rory, tell us why we decided to shoulder arms and um, let, let Deliveroo go by for the time being. So, um, you know, aside from the um, valuation, you know, we just didn't believe there was a, was a margin of, of safety, a kind of a margin of error in the share price of the business, especially at £3.90 where it was being offered to us. And, um, you know, we, we, we very much struggled with the valuation. Um, you know, we've also struggled a tiny bit with, with, with growth and market timing. Um, I always kind of feel that um, in London delivery may have peaked over coronavirus because no one's allowed to go out to restaurants so the restaurants are kind of coming to them so we, we've seen central london sales growth slowing and margins are thin for, for delivery circa kind of eight percent um gross margins so we haven't really got the kind of capacity to improve it's you know it's fundamentally it's a sub 10 percent gross margin business which if you compare it to a healthcare business which has margins at um you know over 75 percent um, you know, they don't really have a pricing power in a kind of competitive industry, um, you know, but we believe it is a very good business. We believe it's um, it, it ticks the right boxes and um, it could very much be a, a business that we own in the future, um, but just not at these kind of current levels. Not at this price. Exactly. Brilliant. Well, let's uh, let's draw stumps there. Rory, thanks very much. No, thank you, Fred. Um, please keep your questions coming in. Hopefully we are, we answered a couple of them in our, our run through there. Send your questions to podcast at church-house.co.uk. And next time, hopefully uh, we'll have a couple of surprises up our sleeves for our listeners. Uh, yeah, I think we've got a, um, a surprise or two up our sleeve. Um, and actually, Fred, that's your doorbell that's just gone. And I've got a little surprise for you downstairs, courtesy uh, of uh, Delivery. <laughs> I, I, I severely doubt that <laughs> brilliant thanks very much cheerio